As you're hearing this, I'll be on the way to Arlington, Texas, where the Bulls will play the Mavericks on Thursday night, a team that's off to a 4-2 and two start. They have a actual star player in Star Jacobs, who leads the Sun Belt with 21 points per game. But they did lose their last time out to Kansas City. They did something that the Bulls couldn't do in their last trip to Vegas. They actually went out there and beat UNLV. Mavericks also have two overtime wins, one against a conference foe. That would be the Houston Cougars. They also beat North Texas by a point in overtime. They've been to the WNIT two times in the last four postseasons. Only one postseason victory for the Mavericks, and that was in the WNIT. As far as the NCAA tournament, two appearances, both losing 2005 and 2007. Last weekend in Las Vegas, Star Jacobs went 26 of 41 from the floor. That's 63%. Averaged 27 and a half points. She is sixth in the country in field goals made. For some reason, the Sunbelt Conference did not have her on their weekly honors this week. That's nonsensical, but that's the name to remember, and a pretty easy one. You'll hear head coach Jose Fernandez speak about her. Again, a lot of members of the media were gathered around him Tuesday, remembering the Bulls are going to be away from home for a full month, so this was a chance to speak about what's been going on with the team. I think we're off to a really, really good start. Uh, A lot of people, probably when they saw our schedule uh, released, probably thought we were crazy, the the schedule we're going to play in November, December. Uh, I don't think many people around the country have played, you know, those five games in, in such a short stretch with at Tennessee, Syracuse, Connecticut, Oregon, and uh, Stanford. So, good thing is we got back. We we were off. Uh, we were off uh, on Saturday. We got in, got some player development done on Sunday, and then uh, really uh, this week's just getting ready for Texas Arlington because that's a. That's the most important game on our schedule right now. Against Tennessee, uh, obviously the rebounding got you. And boy, did you change that. Talk about the focus you made on that. Yeah, sometimes a loss teaches you a lot more than, than, than a win. And I think we learned a lot from that because our, uh, our effort on the glass was inexcusable uh, at Tennessee. That's the same thing that happened. I think we, after we lost to Baylor here in a close game, one-two possession game, we come back and beat Mississippi State. But... You don't want to go through those learning situations, but those three games in Atlantis, we held all three teams to single-digit rebounds on the offensive glass. That wasn't the case um, in Tennessee. But we also, I think, uh, we did some things where we closed games, uh, especially against Oregon and, and Stanford in the fourth quarter. You're playing a, a top 10, four ranked teams so far. Just how crucial is it important to get those games early? Uh, yeah, you want to challenge your team early, you're going to find a lot of, uh, about the locker room early, um, especially the first two, three weeks of the season. You're starting to get a rotation of how many people you're going to play. But you look at Stanford, we played 12 people in the first half just because of, you know, everybody's got to be ready to go. When an opportunity comes, you can't get ready when that opportunity comes. You better be ready when your name, name is called in. I thought we got some crucial minutes by by uh, by uh, some of our reserves in that game. Well, every game I, I thought we had different guys step up. You know, uh, one thing Sydney Harvey I thought I had had a great Bahamas trip. Not only yeah she hit the winning shot, but she's usually gets the, the defensive assignment of covering the other team's best perimeter play player. You know, I thought Pinzon was really really uh, steady running our team on, on, on the offensive end. Manunga did an unbelievable job on the glass. Uh, Saniki was just consistent. 
Um, I think Shea and Dulce were no we were getting out of our five, them defending and rebounding. You know, I thought uh, Bermeja, Christina Bermejo played some really, really good minutes off the bench uh, with her missing the amount of practices that she's missed. We just got to get Sarah and Maria to give, come off the bench and, and knock down some, some shots for us. And also Errol Wilson to, to lighten the load on pins on a little bit. But, I mean, those are, those are mainly the guys that, that, that we're going to see contributing. Uh, how important is it for the guys to get the message that, okay, that was a group of big wins, but these next few teams are tough too and they're going to be gunning for you? Yeah, it's a different type of expectation. But we got a veteran team and you got you to gotta, you gotta embrace it, right? So I think this team got what it deserved, and now they got to live up to it. But they got to live up to it every day in the weight room, in the film room, uh, in the classroom, and coming in and investing and doing and and attacking each practice every day. A couple stages in all the games, really, where both teams uh, sort of stagnated offensively, but you guys grinded through it. Do you think you guys can get into an even better flow offensively, or does that just happen when you have two yeah, good teams? I don't like where our shooting percentage is, but. One thing that there's, there's there are things that no matter how well you're shooting the ball offensively that you can do. If you defend, rebound, take care of the ball, and shoot well from the free throw line, you're always going to give yourself a chance, no matter how poorly you're playing offensively. For us, I think we get down and we can defend you and limit you to one shot. If we if we don't give up live ball turnovers and we're really good from the free throw line, we got to be over 42, 43% from the floor uh, shooting field goal-wise. We're shooting at well from three-point range from the free throw line. We're taking care of the ball, but uh, the, the shooting percentage has to improve. Now, also you look at our shooting percentage, also the level of competition is a lot different. We could, we could right now be like a lot of teams in the country they're not playing the schedule we're playing 150 rpi or worse and they're shooting 60 percent from the floor it's not realistic so i thought you might get ranked higher are you happy with your ranking <laughs> you know I, the polls are great i think it generates excitement i think it uh, for the basketball community and our fans and and our players yeah, the, the polls create a lot of excitement throughout the year. But, you know, the NCAA tournament committee, they don't take account where you're ranked in the AP or coaches poll or anything like that. But uh, I think if we don't give away the one we got at Tennessee, we're definitely in the top ten. But um, everything is going to take care of itself at the end if we just continue to do what we're doing all the time. One thing a top ten would do is hosting a regional in all likelihood. Yeah. Does that, that be, be uh, become great. a focus? Because last time we hosted here, uh, we had we had LSU and uh, and Louisville here to go to Sweet 16, and we had 6,000 each night. So uh, that would that would be special. We'd be tough to beat here at home if we hosted uh, that first round at opening weekend. But that's so that seems so far away right now. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Mavericks? They're in Texas. <laughs> We're flying in the DFW. Now uh, they got a brand new coach who's, who has uh, a lot of Division One experience. They got a really good player in Star Jacobs. They're solid at the point guard spot. Uh, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to be solid in how we rebound and defend a lot of their different actions offensively. You know, we're gonna see some two-three matchup zone. Um, they disguise it with two-three, three-two look. Um, so uh, again, we'll be tested because they got two-three guys that are really, really talented. And uh, again, look at the you got the number in front of your name. We're gonna get their best punch. A little bit more on the Mavericks. They have two players in their top 10 all-time as far as assists go. Senior Katie Farrell is third, along with senior Taryn Milton, who recently moved into the eighth spot. She's averaging five a game this year. 
Senior Deshae Benjamin, first three games averaged six points, last three games averaging 16 points, including her career-high 20 in that win against North Texas. She is a transfer from Alabama. And Claire Christian, who only played three games last year, opting out over COVID concerns, has been a big factor in their attack. It's not going to be an easy game on Thursday night. And again, we'll be on the air at 645. We finish up with Sydney Harvey and Elisa Pinzon, who were both available to the media. And if you missed my commentary yesterday, when you hear me slide in the phrase easy peasy, it's actually what Pinzon said after she made the last free throw, locking it down against Oregon. So we start off with her talking about the free throws. But yeah, let's start off with Sydney Harvey talking about making three-point shots to beat top 10 teams. How many times have you watched the uh, last shot there, kiddo? I know we're moving ahead, but how many times did you watch it? Uh, probably too many to count. I've seen it all over Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> what kind of reaction have you gotten from back home? And I know you're back home now, but in general. Um, I mean, everybody was just happy for me, and everybody was just excited. You just talked about you know the competition level, and you guys see that you can compete with anybody right now. Has that improved the team's confidence base? I think it definitely has improved our confidence. We know that we can compete with anybody in the country as long as we do what we're supposed to do. Um, and it, was, it was an incredible feeling. I mean, I didn't really see it going in. That's why I had to lean to the side. But, yeah. <laughs> Is it true? Did he say we got a plane to catch? We're going to shoot a three. We, gotta, we can't play for overtime here. Yeah, that's what he said. He said Sydney Harvey for the win. So that's what we did. How did you feel at that moment when he said that? I was, um, I mean, he called the play for me. He had confidence in me, and I knew my teammates had confidence in me, so I was ready for it. Do you feel like you're a top-ten team? I mean, I think so. You got to see a lot of them. Uh, what have you noticed, teams like UConn, and you got to see NC State, uh, that they do that you guys are close in, and maybe some of the things that they do better than you that you need to work on? Um, I think they close games really well, um, but I think – We've seen that our defense can hang with anybody in the country as long as we sit down and defend. That will lead to our offensive end. You brought that up a lot as far as the defense. Tell people, you know, how much you guys focus and work on that. We're always priding ourselves on defense. We can't worry about the offensive end. We have to get a stop. If we don't get a stop, then it's just going to be a back-and-forth game. Free throws, eight of them in the last 30 seconds. How comfortable are you with the ball there in that situation? I try to not think too much, not to overwhelm myself too much. We just shoot every day, like 50 free throws at the end of every practice. So I just try to stay calm and just be like, okay, I'm in the gym. I'm shooting my 53 free throws. Usually I feel like 46, 47 every day. So I was just easy, try to stay calm and just shoot the ball. Easy peasy, I get it. Easy peasy. Yeah, I know. And we've we've asked Sydney, of course, how much this last week and even before that showing you can hang with Tennessee and anybody really, has that improved you guys as a team, confidence-wise? Absolutely. I think absolutely. Just we play a really, really good schedule so far, and I think it helps us understand that we can beat every team in the country, especially I think our defense really improved. We stay down, we talk, we communicate with each other. And I think that's a really key point to win those kind of games. Against Stanford, it could have gone the di- different direction. You guys had the lead, and then they, they took it back. Uh, what did you guys uh, sort of say to each other and, and realize that it wasn't over and you still had it? I mean, basketball is a, pl- is a game of run, you know, and especially when you play against top 10 teams, top 25 teams, like team really, really good, that's just going to happen. You're going to get up, get down, and you just got to stay focused, like stick with our game plan and just keep playing. Coach said, uh, he said basketball is the international language and the flags <laughs> up there. Just what was your experience? He said a lot of people know each other from FIBA and international competitions. Just yeah. how, what's your perspective on, on that? that? I mean, that's true. Like we knew each other and sometimes it's really funny when 
especially in my, in my freshman year, I didn't really know how to talk English. I didn't really know the language. And sometimes it was just like, I don't know how to say this. And I was just saying it in Italian. And people like Chris and somebody else was understanding what I was saying. And that was just so cool. Like, I didn't know in English, but and I am in an English country. You know what I'm saying? Here, English is the first language. And I'm just saying it in Italian, and people are understanding me. So that was really, really cool. Being the defending champ, you're not the hunter anymore. You're the hunted. Is that a different mentality now, defending the crown? We, we need to have a different mentality. Now everybody that we are playing are lowest than us and we just got, and as you say, we are anti, so people want to win against us. We just have the right mentality and just play as we are playing the best team in the country. Again, no show tomorrow, so a full preview of Texas Arlington will have to wait until Thursday night at 6.45. Hey, make sure you head to GoUSFBulls.com. Joey Johnston put the win against Stanford in perspective. It's the First time, of course, the team has beaten two top 10 teams. The 13th ranking for the Bulls, incidentally, just a nudge below their highest ever ranking, which was 12th last year. But I did not realize this. It was the first time in almost 20 years that USF beat a defending national champion. In fact, only two sports had done it ever. That would be baseball and men's soccer. Both did it twice. The first time was 1984. Men's soccer beat number one Indiana. They would also, in 1997, beat defending champion St. John's in the NCAA tournament. Baseball did it in 1986 against Miami. And then the most recent time that any Bulls team beat a defending national champion was Eddie Cartieri's baseball team in 2002 against Miami. Special stuff going on with women's basketball, if you hadn't noticed. And again, we'll be in Arlington, Texas, well, today and then for the game tomorrow night. No Bulls beat tomorrow, but we'll be on the air at 645 live with women's basketball. Thanks for listening to Bulls Beat. I'm Derek Sharp.